Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. Today we come to you from the moon of Mimas, where they're having the Intergalactic Rock and Roll Festival. And with me, I'm Rob, and with me in standing in for chair for Pluto as a dwarf planet is Zach. Hi! How the hell are you? I'm, ti- I'm tiny and insignificant. And no longer planet, thanks to Mr. Tyson. Well, uh, he and I don't have do? words. And I don't want to mess with the spiders from Mars, but luckily we have a very excellent band here playing, Fox 45. And they're all here, and thanks for being here. And if you want to introduce yourselves a little. I'm Casey, the drummer. I'm Nick, I play guitar. I'm Vicky, I just make noises. <laughs> it's a very good rhythm guitarist, actually. <laughs> but how did the band how did the band originate? Well, the little background on how everything started? Vicky finished uh, here at the uh, time. It started oddly, like going way back before Amanda and I dated a weird guy. He knew a friend of a friend. Somebody tagged me in a post on Facebook. Who wants to be in my friend's band of all girl band crap thing? And I was like, oh, I'll try it out. So wait, you dated, so, you both dated a weird guy? I, no, I dated a weird guy. And oh. like, he just knew a bunch of people and someone tagged me in that post, like with his friend. The power and, of the interweb. And it turned out mm. to be Dusty's, like, uh, um, like record label and then Dusty connected me with Amanda uh, so I started hanging out with Amanda and I was like to be honest I only know three chords she's like whatever that's fine that's great and we <laughs> started jamming together um yeah in the winter and then we just like brought on a bunch of other people randomly so Amanda's a bass happened. player too she, yeah. was, she's, oh, yeah. she, she can't be here hi Amanda miss you she's she's sick. not she the bearded better. guy over there yeah, there's a man over on the couch but yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> if you could hear that <laughs> but it was first it was Fox Force 5 wasn't it yeah yeah we we uh were trying to find some common ground in a name and we uh realized we both like Quentin Tarantino a lot in Pulp Fiction so we uh, chose Fox Force 5 just out of nowhere. Well, there was a tomato in the band. It was late for practice. You'd step on it and say ketchup, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how it would start off. But how would you describe the music? I mean, it's been called stoner rock. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I the hell say, we Since are. Nick joined the band, we're more of like a psychedelic yeah. type of a stoner rock instead of just... Yeah, heavy rock and roll. Yeah. Kind of With stuff. a doomy hint. Yeah, With a for doomy sure. Hint, yes. I've never, from listening to it, I always... There's a uniqueness to it, I find. I can't really say you sound like anybody. I say the same thing. I like thing, that a lot. And I like that too. <laughs> yeah. And there's always an advancement genre. of it where I can't say, okay, this is a ripoff of whomever. Well, or... and I think that's the goal of any band is to one day have somebody say, oh, you sound like them, or these people sound like you guys. Right. And when you have a unique sound, yeah, definitely going to be a little easier for that. There's influences, of course, yeah. but I mean, there's no... There, and I, every song that we play, I feel like has a different... Um, has a different uh, variety of different sounds, so it's it's very hard to just pinpoint one specific genre of music for us because it's kind of like all over the board. What are some of your main influences? Do you think? Uh, you know, Black Sabbath's a pretty obvious one. Oh, yeah. The Sword. Who is um, the Sword? I've never yeah. heard of them. I heard that they're not playing around anymore. Oh really? Yeah, I've actually found two bands this week that I've never heard of. Now I heard of on. I went to a play on Friday. The Format. I've never heard of them. Oh yeah, and I've never heard of the sword now. The sword's great. They're from Austin, Texas. They're uh, they've been around for a while. Uh, They're very like stoner. Stoner, stoner but rock. like uh, pretty. Um, you know. They're, they're really good musicians, so like we're really like sort of complex songs. I don't. I still don't get with stone. 
Fu Manchu is definitely Manchu. big. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Melvin. Oh, Melvin's Melvin. are big. Not the Peter Sellers movie though. The Curse of Fu Manchu. I hope that was terrible. Oh. No, 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 no. Rock and Fu. No, no. The band. And Stoner Rock to me, I still don't really get what it is. It's almost like I don't either. It's almost like it's just a label. Grateful Dead music for cool people. <laughs> you can actually That's listen to it. Well, I think the yeah the basic underlying thing is it's sort of riff based and it's sort of groovy and slower. So like. You know what? The I would almost think of the fathers of it might be Blue Cheer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've seen them play at the Bug Jar, and For I sure. knew Dickie comes up to like here, which you can't see on the podcast, which right. is like my hand going up here. <laughs> Visual but, joke on an audio and I remember, program, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> just a side note on it. He was really interesting. He had these cowboy boots on. He lived on a farm raising chickens and the last player they brought for 22 years came from rochester oh wow he did and he they guess they were in the hotel and janice joplin died oh wow wow so yeah they were around for a lot of stuff so but yeah definitely blue cheers and definitely an this side of that heavy sort of yeah, like rocking as loud as you can get except and, not like the old days in the 70s when the song would go an hour <laughs> oh yeah right <laughs> We have a couple long ones, Hey, there was nothing not wrong long. with a 27-minute harpsichord solo <laughs> oh, in the yeah. middle of a song. The longest song is maybe eight minutes, seven, eight minutes. Yeah, we got it's, a couple But long it's ones. interesting, though. That's yeah. the thing. It's like you play out. And I mean, Vic, you're really good on rhythm guitar. Did you? How did you come about playing? And... Mm, I was like a late bloomer. I kind of started probably like when I was 21 playing guitar. Yeah. So I kind of just jammed whatever stupid acoustic songs I could find. <laughs> and... Really only memorized three chords, and I was like, I can't believe you guys let me be in a band. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Casey, how did you come for a while? The drummer situation was like Spinal Tap, yeah, and then you <laughs> solidified it. <laughs> and how did you come um, about joining? How did you learn how to play? And everything? the whole situation was actually it fell into my lap. I went to an open mic at Flower City Station off Sion East Avenue, and it was for my friend Amanda Ashley's open mic. <clears throat> and uh, this gentleman, Mike Brown, came up to me. And he asked me if I was going to be playing that night. And I was like, yeah, I hope to play. And he goes, are you in a band? I go, no. He goes, those two girls sitting over there, which was Pauline and Amanda at the time. He goes, they're looking for a drummer. I think you'd fit perfectly for them. So I walked over, introduced myself. And that was right before the new year. Because I remember she was doing, actually it was right before Christmas. And I went up and introduced myself. And I told him I was, you know, I'd love to try out for them if they wanted me to give it a shot. And first a week, the first week after the first of the year. I went to their practice space, and it was just... We initiated her. completely. <laughs> oh, Lord. And they I didn't. never thought that I would ever be in a band <laughs> that I would be able to connect with so well. Well, they didn't tell you that the other drummers spontaneously combusted. Though. Well, I, I kind of... I was, I was given stories um, about the situation when, you know, he was leaving the band yeah. and everything, and it wasn't... It didn't seem like a healthy fit anyways, you know what I mean? It, no, I thought I would think it's very important for any band is chemistry and you really yeah. I remember your first gig was at Love and Cup. Oh my goodness. And you you were probably nervous but you killed it. Thank you. And Thank you. I don't know if you know it's this. It's just so much different from seeing that performance oh. to now. It's just Well, I can remember the first gig they played and you weren't there, Nick. So mm-hmm. and I remember at first it was Actually little, I was there. Oh I was, you were I was in oh, a yeah. different band. Yeah. Wait. I was in oh, I think Clock I played that show. Well I used to drink in those sure. days, so I don't remember. <laughs> oh, but no, 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 no. but I remember it started off a little awkward like the first three or four songs then you got and I know I could never go on that or on a podcast or anything and do anything because I'd be too nervous. No, that was the first time I ever performed with a band That's like inc- that. And it was 
it was liberating. Well, we have for fans out there, you have to see the band. And one of the things I came up with was the Casey drinking game. You don't know about <laughs> this. Whenever they play a gig, and especially hot, we go, when you have your hair down, whenever you tie your hair back, whatever song we do, those shots. So one time you did it in the nine songs, so I didn't get home that <laughs> night. <laughs> but that's so, anybody who's out there watching, but the last gig at Photo City that I saw, mm-hmm. they had, you had it back already. So you, did I have my hair back? Yeah, you did. I know. I watched. <laughs> oh yeah, I had it in a ponytail and it was falling off halfway through. Because I, I, just I called, I called you and Amanda cousin. It's the one time because Amanda's got your hair. It's like, how are you <laughs> yeah. playing the drums? You can't even see. I don't need to move my fingers. You know, I don't need to look down at a guitar. I just move my body. I honestly, I don't even. I close my eyes if I have a hard time hearing with a sound mix. If we play a certain venue, you'll catch me just closing my eyes because I'm literally just trying to hear everything the best way I can with the sound given, if it's good or bad. And, yeah, playing drums, you don't really need to look John Bonham one time said, went sober, said that <laughs> you don't have to worry about the double something or that. It's, like, it's about feeling. It is. It's and, all about the And feel. I can't, like, you don't have the motion. I can't literally do it with two hands. So I'm really impressed. It takes a lot of practice, you know. <laughs> no, I was going to make a poor joke at that comment, but I chose to take the high road for once. <laughs> and, Nick, what about, how did you come into playing? I mean... Uh, playing guitar in general? And whatever, yeah. Um, I started, I always wanted to play guitar. I don't remember not wanting to. Um, I was, and my mom is a big fan of music and, uh, raised me on lots of Neil Young and Bob Dylan and stuff like that. Um, and she said, you got to play a musical instrument. What do you want to play? I said, I want to play guitar. And she's like, all right, well, take some piano lessons first and then we'll get into guitar. So I took piano lessons for like a year. And then I was like, all right, I'm ready to play guitar. Yeah, I play this. piano, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I took- so, yeah, my uncle gave me uh, an acoustic that he had and taught me how to play the Juicy Fruit theme song. And <laughs> that's <laughs> all from there. Did they ever teach you how to play Sweet. Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? Because when I took lessons, yeah, little, that, that was, was the first one, one you did. Yeah. And I did rock you like a hurricane on bass because it was easy. Yeah. And then they. Well, took- you, you didn't start with the obligatory Smoke on the Water, which was the one song everybody <laughs> always yeah. learned how to play. Dust on in the guitar. wind. <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah. I, I, I was really in. Like, when I was younger, I was uh, really into, like, the Clash and stuff. So I, that was what I wanted to learn. I wanted to. Yeah, just like learn how to do be Joe Strummer, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, and then just I just kept playing, and that was I was really young, uh, probably eleven or twelve oh. when I first started playing guitar. That's something I thought about the other night because I'm like a hundred years old oh, when God. I grew up. But when I grew up, I used, my parents always let me go to a lot of concerts. Now, you, if you ever heard this because your type of music, we used to hear devil music. Oh, sure. And literally, I would go see Ozzy Osbourne. You know, Ozzy's all God bless. I mean, the real story with Black Sabbath is Geezer Butler's a vegetarian and a Christian. Right. And I guess the story goes, they started wearing the crosses because of all the weirdos that would show up. So somebody asked Ozzy one time, he was saying that when you say the devil's name, you invoke him. And he's like, well, that explains why the first album didn't sell well. And Rob <laughs> Halford's a Christian. He's put out a Christmas album. Yeah. But you ever hear, you get people still, I had, like, friends' parents would let them come to Ozzy with me or anything else. And we knew Ozzy was cool. It was just a show. But... I think that was, yeah, that was a thing, like, in the 80s. I remember it. There was almost like a a, a cult scare yeah. kind Kiss of thing was going like, on. Yeah, night, what was it? Night's 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 Service. Led Zeppelin. There was a thing that all oh, the tragedies yeah, happened because of playing, all the playing backwards. Yeah. Oh, you heard was Oh, Pink Floyd. Yeah. The Pink Floyd album, you know, if you hear it backwards, you listen to it, or you watch uh, Wizard, Wizard of the Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Start on yeah, the third row and Lion. Yeah. But there's like, the in the 80s, there's like the West Memphis Three and all that stuff. So I think there was like yeah. a big scare about that. And I think the damage 
was done. Like well, in cases like I think the West what Memphis you should three, do so. on some of your recordings is like put something in. Will <laughs> <laughs> worship Satan? Will worship Satan? I don't. Satan. Yeah, I don't think anybody takes like, that seriously anymore. Well, so, yeah. sad we worship is, a guy named Stan. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. There are people out there. That's the problem. Is you get. I got in trouble in high school because I went to Catholic schools because I had a Bruce Dickinson thing in my locker and I did one thing for a class project with Iron Maiden. One kid goes. I'm protesting this. Ozzy's a devil worshiper. I'm going, oh, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. So all that stuff. But Thank goodness it's not like that anymore because that would just be... Oh, I'm strange. sure there's an element of it Oh, there's it definitely some people yeah. who like, just say, crawl out from under a rock still. Yeah. And it's like, um... You're having a good time. You can't be doing this. I can't understand your lyrics, but you <laughs> suck. You're possessing the devil. That was, that's what happened at those... The meetings with Tipper Gore and everything. I guess yeah, they play yeah. victim of changes and nobody knew what the... I don't understand what it means, but it's bad. Yeah, or like the the, the line about uh, Under the Knife, Twisted Sister. Yeah. It's like that's about a friend suicide who had throat surgery. Which is about Bond surgery. Scott. Yeah. But one of the things coming to that, and Zach was interested in this, where the heck do you get your song titles from? <laughs> yeah, I'm... No, I had it because... <laughs> yeah, like when I'm looking down the, the track list, it's like coup de trois, which makes me <laughs> giggle every day. Honestly, it's Vicky and Amanda that make up all these songs. <laughs> You're to blame. Well, no. <laughs> I was just telling uh, Rob that we have like double names for our songs because we'll have like a working song title and we'll just be like, oh, we'll come up with them later. And then we always have like a meeting dinner for like the song, the song titles to be a little bit more professional. And usually those are created while drunk or drinking. Well, so. like your rhino cake is like, it's like. And literally, I was telling Nick before that it's like almost like I've loved Star Trek for years, but I never knew the original episode titles. I followed you since the beginning, and it's like, what the hell Thank song is this? Like, why is this call, song called Banana Butt? It's like honestly, <laughs> that was the only way that we could well, remember then, what song it was during practice. What about uh, what was that? Or um, like Necromancing the Stone. It's like it seems so simple, yet nobody's ever done it. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. really? That's that's like a given. Uh, oh, the, yeah, well, I get the title from the movie. It was sure. better than the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, this Kathleen Turner swinging through the studio. Well, it was Danny DeVito. We could, we could go out. He was here for a short the time. Lot. The first, the the first uh, the Ashes of Man album, like, that was, I don't know, we just kind of did all the titles for that. But this new album, it's, it's basically like, it kind of is more of a story. So it's not as, like, funny. It's I not guess. a concept <laughs> album. It's not like a highbrow. Con- you're not going to come on stage. Or is it a concept album? Nothing like that. No. No. There's, there's, a, there's a narrative kind of running yeah. through like it. Some like, albums everything's like, told mainly in the first song on the album. So it's kind of, like, cool how Almost it like a theme. Yeah. Like, yeah. Almost oh, like yeah. a theme. Like, you Definitely follow. Theme. You have sort of a theme of the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything. But it's not going to Broadway or anything. You sure? Evil Dead did. Well, Evil Dead went to Broadway. So no, it's going, no, it's going to Broadway oh, Boulevard out in Buffalo. There you go. How did some of this, how did, what's your songwriting process like? It's kind of all over. I don't know, like kind of somebody just starts doing something and, oh, hey, I got this. Or Honestly, Vicky. have written a riff before, Casey. Like, Vicky and I, I well, I, I know she goes up to the space a lot and she just kind of, practices by herself and comes up with these riffs and everything and after we have band practice if Nick and Amanda take off early Vicky and I will stay around and we'll just she'll just present me a, a riff and I'll just throw some drums on it and well, late, lately I've picked up drums slightly like I only know like three beats but it kind of helps me transmute to Casey more and be like hey this is what I'm hearing for drums kind of but, Beautiful, but you do it better than mm-hmm. me so you do it like I just need an <laughs> idea thrown at me especially if there's new songs being presented and I can't hear a beat in my head mm-hmm. I'll always ask the three of them, do you guys hear something that maybe you can tell me to do? Because 
you know, and then I'll just, it'll just branch off from that. And with everybody's chemistry together, it just, it's very easy to just mm -hmm. let it flow. Yeah, nothing comes in fully formed, I would say. Yeah. It's, it's all random and yeah. it just fits. And I was actually thinking, there's a story I've told before, but I was involved with the band called the Rat Kings for a while. And they had a song called Queen of England. It came about because when they were kids, they had these, this kind of odd family down the street and they went over the house one time and the, the one kid of theirs goes, behold, the Queen of England. There's their mom dressed as Queen Elizabeth coming down the stairs. Wow. And I've heard like from the high rises, ATM inside, Greg Townsend sees the thing, this is ATM inside or sparks on the highway. Somebody threw a cigarette. What are some of the weirder influence for some of the songs? There's like one that comes out as, okay, we came up with this song because this random weird thing. We have songs like that. Yeah, with yeah. Jenny, for example. Um, I'm trying to think. There was that one song that Amanda made when she was tr she was leaving her job. It was it. Well, remember what? it was. Um, oh you can't goodness. think of the title. She was just like walking in the parking lot and wrote a song. Like what? Like I think it was. I think it was. Um, oh my goodness! I can't believe it's. If it comes to me and I just shout it out, I'm gonna have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> like when this comes up, just put it on the comments or whatever. Because yeah. I mean, how can you not love songs that have lyrics like "This is not my first dildo rodeo"? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, th I think we can uh, kind of imply, in, infer where well, it's that for one came you from. to make up what that means. Like <laughs> that's what David Lee Ross said. It's like, what's mean at the end if everybody wants someone's like whatever you want it to mean? That's like the excuse. Like, what's it about? We said the same word for eight minutes. So. Whatever See, I like, I like to tailor Swift things, and I'm very, I'm very much of a basic. Uh, I don't know if I could swear, but I'm you can swear all you want. I'm, this I'm, this I'm is pretty for. much a basic yeah. bitch when it comes to songwriting. So, <laughs> like, okay, it's not like my version of cutting or anything, but whenever shitty things happen to me, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so mad. Oh, how do I not kill people? Okay, I'm gonna write a fucking song. Like, so I've just like written songs out of like dog crap, like experiences and events, and most of them are like not happy sounding but overall i'm like this will make a fucking do great do me riff like yeah <laughs> like every time i'm with a guy i'm like please break up with me like, <laughs> <laughs> do something terrible <laughs> but yeah <laughs> oh ba well, so basically what you're saying is sometimes you may try to god forbid sabotage, to be, sabotage be, something just to get a song out of it <laughs> i have to be pushed otherwise i'm lazy and i just watch netflix and don't do shit so oh, okay. I, I think a lot of times i really think sadly i think maybe arts a lot of the, in terms of painting is positive. I think a lot of, because I've written stuff for music, a lot of it comes out of shit experience, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's a way, it's therapy in a way. It's like, yeah, I don't want to, you know, do something horrifying yeah. Yeah. and it just feels better to get it out. I and mean, it, nobody wants to hear a song about grocery shopping. Yeah. You know, like, you gotta, uh, I you gotta write about it. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I think know it would be cool. I would shop. Because <laughs> I literally could go. The way people drive these days, I could come up with a lot even going oh, yeah. there. Oh, sure. right, what about caught stealing by Jane's addiction? All right, <laughs> you proved me wrong. Like, I've always wanted to be one of those people that can make a song out of like something stupid, like oh that dividend, that styrofoam, like. But I just can't. Like, I know. A lot. I can't. I'm not like the pockmark styrofoam. There you go. There's your new album. I know a lot of people write songs about their pets. Yeah, I think uh, oh. Clyde wrote one was an 18 pounds of hate about the cat. Oh. <laughs> 
That's a good topic. You know, that's a good one. <laughs> that is good. I think. But another, one of the questions I hate always is that question about, oh, if you were on a desert island, what album would you have? Like, give me a phone and get me out of here. But one, thing, <laughs> but one, one of yeah, those like kind worst. of questions that's sort of out there is, if you could work with anybody, if they could pop up here for musical influence, who would you like to work with? Uh, huh. In terms of like making and music, with anybody, or like a just a made-up question. That's what yeah. I mean. Why I hate these questions. Yeah, past, because... present, it doesn't matter. Doctor Seuss. Like, would Dr. you like Seuss. to jam with Beethoven? Nah, no, no. he couldn't hear you anyway. <laughs> uh, actually, that might be actually, that might be kind of cool. I think I'd like to start a like just like a sort of straight up rock band with. Uh, Woody Guthrie fronting it. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, that would be interesting. Right? <laughs> nice. Especially in times like this. Yeah. You know? Oh, I know. There's like... so many things to do about that. Yeah, right. Could, like the band, the whole band like... could be this Machine Kills fan. What is that yeah. band that does it? Like, it's like a virtual band. The Gorillas. Like, I always like oh, the yeah. idea of just collaborating with so many people that you have, like, maybe two main people at the head of it, but you can literally co- like collaborate with any musician in the world and still have a band that's, like, functioning. So I've always liked that's probably more of like a futuristic like aspect, but yeah, we go like, back go back to chemistry styles. on that. I think the one problem like the so-called supergroups a lot of time is they're all really good players, but they don't have it together. That's why mm-hmm. they always yeah. break up a lot. Well, they're so seasoned that it's like they already you know. Well, and with those, if they're all the big the big guys in their band, they're all, they've all got big egos. And well, all humble pie because yeah. Frampton and Marriott both said there was a joke because they both had such big egos or cream because oh, they were the cream of the crop. Yeah. <laughs> or come on, the only great super group as we all know was the Blues Brothers Band. And... <laughs> Shaking Elwood. Hey, no, well, come on. When they had to travel across the country to various diners and whatnot to put the band back together, that was the greatest super group of all time. Sure. One of the fun things that a band obviously is playing on, you played with Jeff Tate. Remember that? Yeah. That was before I was in the yeah. band, but I was there. You were there. I <laughs> saw you. Gene Ween. Oh, yeah. That was that was interesting. Like, those, like, Gene Ween and Jeff Tate, we didn't actually get to meet. Like, they are kind of like, I don't know if they were just, like, in the trailers being rock stars. But, like, I met the other musicians in Gene Ween, and they were all studio musicians. So I'm like, oh, I don't even feel like I'm meeting the band. Like, what the hell? Like, but then I don't know. I've thought about doing that and just becoming like a hired gun. So I can't really. Be well, you like, know what happened with Jeff Tate, right? Like, <laughs> I actually ran into. Somebody. I don't know the details of the story. I ran but into I've somebody. Heard. I guess there. I guess he went down to Butter Pub afterwards, and he's sitting there. He's just sitting there, and he started talking to some guy there for two hours. Wow. Jeff Tate did. Yeah. yeah. Because I saw him in Queens right before, oh, but I yeah. thought you did really well there. Thank you. you know, yeah, that people, was actually surprising. What I liked from those is people were coming up to you afterwards and talking and Well, everything. it was funny because I remember being in the back room with Casey and we were just looking out the window. I like, saw a line of like, people oh out the God, door. We're like, oh my so God, this is going to be the biggest show we're like, ever going to play. It was, it was <laughs> the biggest show. We're literally down the road. And I'm like, okay, go, I got to get down there, Fox 45. <laughs> so like, oh, Jeff's safe playing. Who cares? Fox 45. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting because we like did the sound set up like, you know, professional bands do like way ahead of the show. And it was just, I'm like, oh my god, I've never had to do this before. It was so new. Like, <laughs> we well, played festivals, haven't you? Some, what's not that experience really. like? Well, some kind, haven't not you? Really. Like some, when I mean festivals, just a bunch not of like giant stage festivals. Oh, nothing like, like that, but Austin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was that was a that was a whole. Oh yeah, the Spider week, House almost was a whole weekend of just shows in pretty much any bar well south by southwest yeah, yeah. South by south. we didn't play official shows but yeah, yeah. did you yeah. keep austin weird though did you 
Uh, we did our part. That's <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I wanted to bring up. It's like, I know a lot of these stories about how, what are some of your crazy stories for playing out or being on the road? Now, I remember when you played Pittsburgh, that House of a Thousand Corpses House you oh, stayed geez. at. Oh, You're... God, yeah. That was the very first tour before Casey and Nick Times. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the very first weekend tour we had, there was a very strange experience that oh, we was that with the... scaved out alive. <laughs> That's all I had to say. That was just <laughs> weird. It was, like, it was like a house down a dirt road with the edge. It was like House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, yeah. It, was just, it was just very, very eccentric people and... Uh... Uh, we, that's actually how we got not. introduced to Dr. Smoke Band is through that show. It was kind of like a godsend in a weird way. And I do remember um, Ithaca, that Amish carriage in the middle of the night that was all lit up. Oh, yeah. But did you have any other, like, strange experiences? I, I don't believe I don't Nick and I have experienced anything. That yeah, I'm, you guys, like, I mean, Casey yeah, fell asleep for all the weird experiences. It was, like, Amanda <laughs> and I, like... I yeah. fell asleep? Yeah, because when we were at uh, the Stone Meadow Doom Fest, oh, yeah. Pauline Amanda and I, and I just, like, ventured off. You guys and were out and hanging like, out with the other bands. Let's see what we can get into. And you guys passed out, so... Her and I are just like smoking joints with weed eater and fucking like, <laughs> doing crazy. Shit. Like, came back to the hotel at like four in the morning, woke up and like, dude, why'd you fall asleep? Because uh, I'm tired. I'm like, the rock and roll life for that. I was like, but there's all these bands in this hotel and like, but nobody was partying. It was just like chance from Greenbeard barefoot running around like and. And then there was like weed eater dudes just jumping <laughs> off the balconies. Like, so. Well, there's stories. There's that story Motley True tells where there's a bunch of uh, rock stars against drugs and they took a plane to some gig and they said, We were the only ones sober. It's like, is that the one where Ozzy snorted ants or something? Oh my, oh my god, goodness, what? Oh my god. There's a story, yeah, Ozzy Osbourne. I think it was Ozzy Osbourne where they saw a bunch of ants, ants and he snorted them. Yep. I've read what he used to do do every day oh, and we'd all be dead that's why he that's walks so around crazy. like he's a zombie yep so looks like you you wonder how do those guys live past the age of like 35 yeah. well keith yeah. richards is really well, keith richards is immortal alice or... cooper he had even admitted that he should have <laughs> he's totally a cyborg yeah that he They're should cyborgs. not be alive after what he did <laughs> but he's um, a golf addict now yeah, yeah, and he owns he's a golf that. Addict? Yeah, he yeah, plays, he golf plays every day. Oh, yeah. He's a very good golfer. Because what he yeah, says is that. it takes the time for the problem do. for being an alcoholic is that waste time, so it takes four hours to play golf. So he'll get up no. and play golf. So you go see him, like, play Oak Hill around here. So, hey, it's Ellis Cooper. Yes. <laughs> you know, he'll haunt you if you do better. He'll be on the Muppet <laughs> Show. <laughs> But one of the things, I like a lot of your cover songs, like you've done Garbage Man, you recently done Diamonds and Rust. Yeah, yeah. And is that just, and I always wondered, is there something down the line you might, like maybe a Bee Gees song or Ava or something, just to spin, because Super Suckers did a really good version of Sail On by the Commodores, Faith No More did yeah. Easy. Uh, you ever think of that. You ever think of picking something out that you would think this band would never do it and... Ah, oh, man. I would love... Yeah. I would love to throw in one or two covers of the set. I think... I think it's very, you know, I love beneficial covers. Yeah. too. Yeah. I, and I, I do think it's always interesting to do something that's less obvious, yeah. something mm-hmm. outside of the genre. Well, and I think a, make it sometimes, yours. like all along the Watchtower, I think most people associate it with Dylan now, and I think Diamonds yeah. and Rust you associate it with Judas Priest. I've yeah. never heard a band do that cover or any kind of Judas Priest cover for that matter. I mean, I probably haven't seen. That's the only one I've ever seen them do. They did. I've never I, seen a band. Remember, Iron Maiden did Smoke on the Water. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like on a big picture disc. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some, some, and then some, obviously, the covers are better than the original. Like, yeah. Sure. Well, that's for what, me, like the, uh, what, uh, Nirvana, Lake of David Fire. Bo- I'm, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, but I Man think it was a little the better world. than the Meat I love Man Who Sold the World. Or the Meat Puppets, sorry. 
Oh, I don't. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Couch mind. monster. I, I did try. I did. Uh, I did play. Um, I want to be adored by Stone Roses for Amanda recently, saying we should cover this. This would be awesome. Oh. And she was like, No. I want to hear. I want to hear a cover. I want to hear a cover of Aqualung. <laughs> You're outvoted. You have to play it. Safe, but I don't know any of these songs you guys speak of. Ah, that's well, that's why that's, we have YouTube. That's the point <laughs> of learn. It's YouTube and everything else. That's you know that's one of the things. That's you have. The seems in Rochester, every musician except you, I think, at this point has to do other stuff. So what? Oh, she does. She plays in other bands. Oh, you do. Oh. I I am in a cover band with this uh, with this guy named Dave McGrath. He's a local oh. uh, solo artist, and he's been on the hunt for a drummer. And I recently was playing some open mics with him, and. Him and I have played some pretty good gigs, and he'll do cover songs from, oh my goodness, um, wow, there's so many I remember actually your birthday even... party, you were playing for a while, you yeah. did uh, Funk, what's the <laughs> name from, Funk 49, thank you, yeah, I forgot that name, but it was and, uh, the James Gang. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Come on, throw some songs. Do you ever think of that I song, by the way? Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown. Brown. do some uh, Tom Petty. Yep, Tom Petty. Yeah, classic rock. I like that, I like that yeah. everybody classic stays rock. active outside of band stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, what was I saying? Summertime. That, what was I saying to you on the like parking Kenny lot? Ch- I think 65% of Rochester's in a band, and 85% of those 65 are in multiple bands. I might be one of the only people in Rochester not in any sort no, of band I'm right only, now. I'm only in Fox yeah. 45 also. Yeah, well, that's one more than me. I'm not in anything else. That's <laughs> one more than me. enough. I'm good for now. Well, you mentioned Taylor Swift. That's a sore point with me because her birthday's, her birthday's the same as mine. Oh, yeah, But she's a lot older. <laughs> she, looks, she looks it. <laughs> But the other one, Amanda's not here, but do you know anything about Saints and Winos? Because actually one of the best titled songs ever is Ass Mountain, as far as I'm yes. concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think that was J- Joe, uh, his whole his whole thing, it, it was about, uh, like, people are asses, you know, and dealing with stupid people. And then after having garbage played, it became Turd Mountain. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, but again, Amanda and those, those song titles... <laughs> Those song titles, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like, Honestly, sometimes those are the only ways we can remember, like, oh, what song was that? Oh, yeah. A lot of bands do those. Oh, you yeah. get the album and go, that was that song? Right. It's like you never said it at all. Before. But you're also in Mueller. Yes. And could you go on a little about them? Uh, sure. Mueller, uh, I first time I saw Mueller, I was 16 years old. They blew me away. It was like, I, I, in high school, I was really into, like, early 90s indie rock stuff. So it was like... Seeing Super Chunk, you know, except they were from Rochester, and that was all I wanted to hear. Um, so just over time, I kind of got to know those guys, and they needed a guitar player. And uh, I don't even think they asked me; they just announced I was in the band. Yeah, like, you I'd say yes. You were in the audience, like you get up here. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. So That's um, you always bring your guitar to shows. Yes, <laughs> it, it wasn't quite the, they, they announced yeah. online, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I I love playing with those guys. They're kind of like it's fun that. When sometimes like your, uh, the heroes of your younger self become your friends later, it's pretty yeah, cool. It's thing. always it's cool until you find out they're assholes. Well. <laughs> sort of the way, that's I always, I've always been. You warned. have to go and assume. I have to go. Assholes. I remember when I was a kid, my brothers playing played at the Triangle Theater with the Pretenders, and Chrissy Hine was horrible to me. And it's like oh, a really? little kid, and I always you always remember that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's why I don't want people to meet me. And John <laughs> Kale, <laughs> really John Kale stole one of the guitars from a band really yeah 
But it seems like he isn't there. Bad movies on drugs or something. Yeah, really everybody's got a bad day. Andy know? Warhol's ghost told him to do it because it was <laughs> ironic or something. There you go. And the other one, the Clockman. Yes. Uh, what time is it now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clockman is fun. Um, that's we we still play. Uh, been doing it for twelve years now. Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, um, yeah, just same lineup as always, th- just a three-piece, uh, just kind of uh, weird punk rock kind of stuff. That's what it is, because I can't describe that music either. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the, the idea, is that we're a punk band, but we kind of just, we don't try to just restrain ourselves yeah. to, like, the obvious kind of thing. Good. Um, we have very wide influences, too. But, uh, yeah, that was just, John was my friend, just wanted yeah, to know, know if John I wanted to start playing, bands. so... And we found Adam. And, when we first got yeah. him to join the band, he was in five other bands. Like, yeah. I don't even remember <laughs> these. I don't remember in. some of these. Oh, I'd say, oh, Nick's in another one. Pink yeah. Elephant. Are you, you're, still, you're still doing that? You're uh, yeah. Pink Elephant's kind of either done or on hiatus at the but moment. But if but. you'd like to see them, go to your local bar, order mm-hmm. a bunch of drinks, and you'll see them. <laughs> yeah, they magically appear. But it's been got two great exactly described them as sounding a little like Guided by Voices. Pink Elephant? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Guided by Voices. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know if I hear it exactly, Someone but told me that you guys sound like Foo Fighters or something. Foo I don't know about that either. No, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. I just, you sound I like Pink really Elephant, basically. Pink yeah, yeah. It's ah, I hear a little of this in there, I hear a little yeah. of that. I think we got, yeah, it's I some hear like, some Joan Baez. It's kind of it's like Fugazi, Mud Honey, Slint, maybe a mix of those things. I don't know. Weird, yeah. weird rock stuff. That kind of stuff. Though. Yeah. But I was going to ask about Mueller again because I think the lead singer and I don't know his name. It's like certain something to him. He's something Dave. different. Yeah. Um. He's he is. I think a great songwriter. Um. He has just crazy stage energy. Uh, yeah. He's just his feet are on the ground for maybe a third of the time. <laughs> um. Yeah. He's bouncing around. He has that yeah. sweater on. He yeah. looks like a. You know. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of like a preppy lunatic. Yeah, that's basically. He's <laughs> gonna say like a villain from Animal House gone mad. Yes. Or something. What did they used to say that Mick Jagger would run like seven miles on stage oh, wow. at every show? The equivalent of seven what, miles. Put, like a pedometer. Yeah, I think I think they put a pedometer on him and he just oh, ran back and forth so much time it was about this like was six or seven miles. I, I read show. Stephen Tyler's book and if you could get through because he. Like has the writer write like he talks. Yeah, I never realized this. You know why he dances around on stage and everything? It's not because he's whacked out of his mind. I've seen him fall <laughs> off the stage before. Sure. He, he literally <laughs> said he walks around on stage that much because he's afraid some nut's going to try to shoot him. He doesn't want to be a, a target. <gasps> oh my gosh! And you know okay, what he used to sense. do is back in the day before wow. Aerosmith was famous, he used to pretend to be Mick Jagger's brother when they came to be like pick pick chimpanzee. They they'd let him pick <laughs> oh, up no. women. He'd get in bars and everything. Oh my god! Oh, and I also. Saw Roger Daltrey during the Who's Farewell tour was on TV. He was jogging, and I'm going, "You're jogging." If I was in a band, I would be. There's no way I'm going to get jogging to exercise during a show. Or while playing, yeah. like, <laughs> like, can I can I have a chair? <laughs> <laughs> and, a pillow. and one thing I wanted to talk about because I believe in it a lot, and man is not here, but you're involved too. Is Girls Rock? Mm-hmm. Sure. So. Yep. Last year, I was. Um, they Amanda contacted or asked me if I would be interested in being a drum instructor. And that was the first time I ever experienced anything like that, and it was it was incredible. It was it was very wonderful every day for just a week out of the year. Um, Amanda works all year round, setting up for one week out of the summer for all these girls, and her and a couple other girls are you know organizing the whole thing, and she works so hard doing it. Um, but just to see the smile, just to to see the kids just 
be lit up by being able to play an instrument and actually understand it and you know have a so what they do is at the beginning of the week um, they pick an instrument and then they get paired up with a band and throughout the week they make a song and then at the end of the week they all perform it Jeez. and it's they make songs for us it's incredible did she do a <laughs> sure. dance like thing with Amanda the one time yeah because I said Amanda looked like one of those country singers who was going to chop you up with a hatchet afterwards <laughs> but I think I remember that now you two played like a yeah it was they do a a cover show uh, every year where people and just the you know all the proceeds go to Girls Rock um, but yeah we did uh, Johnny Cash and June Carter yeah. with uh, Colin Ramirez on drums because yeah, Becky, didn't you say that the kids are the scariest audience because they're direct about you? They don't beat around the bush. Oh yeah, kids are. Kids don't. Sometimes they can be assholes, but. <laughs> what do you mean sometimes? Have you met a kid? Oh is yeah. There any My daughter like more than she other? sometimes is an asshole. <laughs> is there anything they gravitate toward to for instruments or anything? Or is it, it really just all depends around? on. I, I mean, because they're given the option to pick what they want, so they have anywhere between keys, bass, guitar, drums. I think that's. Those are the only options, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. And vocal. And vocal, yeah. So if they get to pick it, I mean, they're instantly all for it, you know, because they get to pick what they well, want. The sad to part is, I've heard still, and Amanda's told me this many times, there'll be people, oh, you play like a girl. Yeah, everybody know Casey was jamming on the keyboards before the show and if I would have done it, I would have cleared the room. She was incredible. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> and it's just amazing that still that attitude's still out there like that. But oh, I get I get mistaken for being the groupie when we load in our stuff at the show. It, actually, it was uh, The Haunt in Ithaca. Yo. I remember bringing in my hardware bag, and the guy at the door goes, so are you one of the girlfriends of the guys in the band? I go, no, I'm playing tonight, sir. <laughs> to be Just official. Like, he goes, oh, uh, okay, well, let me give you a wristband. <laughs> I'm the you know groupie I mean? of the band. You're not the groupie <laughs> of the band. It's unfortunate, but it does happen, and you just, you know, you got to Prove to people that you're not just playing. It's not playing like a girl. It's not playing like a guy. Well, what I don't like the idea of anybody saying, "Oh, it's a gimmick band." It's right. like if a bunch of guys go out there, it's not a gimmick band, even if they're dressed like killer clowns or something or anything. <laughs> but that's a gimmick band. No, it's a band. Yeah, right. I can't tell you how many people have asked me since Pauline did end up leaving with us. Are you still a girl? All girl band? Why, if I say yes, does that mean you want to see us more? Like, you yeah. know, it shouldn't be... I should just say yes from now on. Nick could wear a dress. Nick will be yes. <laughs> In this gender-fluid society, why yeah. not? Yeah, exactly. I had to. No, I, I, don't, I, had I don't... To. It was there. But it was a low-hanging fruit. It's just amazing, though, how that attitude goes around. It's just... Yeah. It's, it's harder. Happened. It's harder it even happened, happened at, your, at your house for your wedding. That guy was like, oh, what are you... Is a girl going to play yeah, bass? Yeah, he was totally like... like he was like, do you guys just hold the instruments? Or do you just do you hold the instruments? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, we, you have to hold and I'm like, them to the play them. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> You're at my wedding, get out and of my And Amanda didn't like, know, know who you are. Like, where until she heard from. that guy say that, she goes, we're going to play now. Well, <laughs> well, really, still, female musicians are underrepresented. I think of, like, on the top 100 guitar players, the only one on there is Joan Jett. And I think Poison Ivy from The Cramps should be on there. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. Kristen yeah. Hirsch. What Joan Jett just turned 60. Oh my God! Really? I just saw on Instagram Holy she posted shit. she just turned sixty years old, and that woman looks wow. like she just turned twenty. Yeah, I saw She's Sherry Cree played here like, like a few Stephane. years ago. She's she was still really on the ball. Just that age. Yeah, I've, I, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of uh, articles and people writing about St. Vincent saying she's the guitar god of 
of now. And also is also good is so that's kind of cool. Somebody's name I forgot, so I'll have to look up and post it. But she's a really good guitar player, almost like a female Hendrix, and I'm just blanking because yeah, I do that because I'm old. Yeah. But the one thing I was going to ask, and I found from other bands, nobody asks you about. Do you have preferences for equipment, or what do you like? Yeah, what do you huh. use? Uh, I uh, my my setup for this band right now is a, a Guild S100 Polara guitar, and I play out of a Fox AC30. Yeah. Sort of old old stuff. I don't know. You have your Flying B guitar. No, I've got the Gibson Explorer. I don't know what. It, see, that shows I you my musical Gibson. skills. <laughs> I don't know. I just I like Gibson tone, and I just love how the neck feels on an Explorer. Um, but I think the real punch for my gear is like the Bagheera head is like a secret weapon. Like I was initially looking for like oh like I want an orange amp or like I want like. Something that's totally like, you know, every metal band uses. And then I picked up a Bugera for like dirt cheap at House of Guitars. And I was like, oh, I guess this works. And <laughs> I, I like plugged it in and I was like, holy shit, this sounds. I've always found. Hard. Like, I know crazy. nothing about this, but I do found like when I had my band Gothic Toad in high school that we went Gothic down to get Toad. amps. <laughs> nice. We were, we're going to, you will open first when we come back and do a Gothic stadium tour. Toad. We're going to play Ralph Wilkins Stadium in January. Sweet. Nobody will be there, but we're going to play it. But the thing I found, went to music shops, and we're asking about amps, and everybody's got their favorite. Like, one guy said, well, Rat uses Lonnie amps, and somebody uses everything else. This Mm -hmm. one's better. So probably whatever works. But what do you like, Case? Anything in particular? For the longest time, I had something I can hit, yes. Um, I had a Pearl kit for a very long time. And then I invested in a Gretsch kit, um, which... I was when I did get a new drum set. I was more or less looking for something that was going to be durable for traveling with, um, and I always found out I would kept being drop, brought back to the Gretsch kits. But I'm I really do like Ludwig kits a lot, and I really think that my next it's either going to be a cocktail kit and it'll be another Gretsch kit, or it's going to be a Ludwig. Yeah, so drummers always have to tote around the most. Yeah, not like the saxophonist yeah. or the kazooist or something. <laughs> no, it's it's really just maintaining it. You know, keeping it tuned and some people take it seriously. I remember a friend of mine went to see a band. He's like, "Oh, a little kid plays the drums," and it was my friend who plays the drums. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. It's just one of those things that some people just are very particular. People, it's an instrument, but I've always heard like guitars, like, different sounds. Well, yeah, guitars. guitars to the pickups make a big difference. You and know, the like... wood for the drums make the difference too. Like I had poplar, and then I have maple now, and it's oh my goodness, it's just it's. Deep, very oh. deep. Mm-hmm. All right, well, real quick, uh, I want to throw back to Girls Rock. If people want to know about it, make a donation, whatever, where mm-hmm. do they find it? You can go on Girls Rock. Um, I believe you can just type it in a Google search, girlsrock.com, right? Uh, I think it's girlsrockrochester.org. Girlsrockrochester.org. Yeah. Well, I'll, I will find it and I will post it in the description yeah. for all this it's stuff. It's really worthwhile. It oh, really yeah. Is. Good chair. Come to a show, too. You'll be in bear because you'll see somebody playing whose tent will blow mm-hmm. you away. Very, very oh, good yeah. Job. And they're, they're so empowered by the whole thing. Like, oh, it's they so really. Creative. It's like, yeah, it's always it's good great. for me to see somebody that younger who has more talent than I'll ever have. Well, exactly. And you never know who you're going to discover. Really, yeah, they are. You could unlock the potential to have the next great musician. Absolutely. It's always, sometimes it's funny because like being in a band and being a woman, it's like, it's almost like a double-edged sword because as a woman, you kind of have to like prove yourself a little bit more because it's like, hey, yeah, and I think it's that, unfortunately, 
there's all those it's images still like that these days, the and I think it gives people confidence. When yeah. you need something, you might hate school, but you just the only thing that keeps you going is your music. Yeah, and people don't understand oh, yeah. that. That's why I really dig girls rock because it's literally like you're instilling confidence and in, like you know it doesn't matter what you are, who you are, like what color if you're green, purple, or whatever. Like you can still do what you want. Like play, pick up an instrument. Like how do we a lot get of kids some, who don't get yeah. the chance? Mm-hmm. How do we get some information on Fox Forty Five then for everybody who wants to buy the merch, buy the stuff, listen to the music? We're on or, Spotify. You can we have our website on Spotify, now. We're on Amazon. <laughs> What's the website? It's uh, fox45.com. Spelled s- out. <laughs> yeah, 40 f- a 45, like spelled out with letters. Because yeah. I, I actually saw that on the way yeah, over here because I was like, it's Yeah, that's how you know you're a real band is when you have a website, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are your upcoming you know? shows? You have, like, have, I know uh, you. What about the new album? We have to talk about the new album just a little bit that's coming out. We still have to get it mastered. Yeah, but it's in the final stages. So. I'm hoping it'll be released early next year. Or, I mean, I like to prolong. I love having shows in the summer, but I don't want to wait that long. Like, well, <laughs> do you have upcoming shows? The 27th. At, where is it? Oh, yeah, at this place, the Psychic Garden. Um, it's kind of a new-ish venue. I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's I don't know. It's, I she guess it's been lingering it. around, but they just had their grand opening yesterday, actually. And um, they're right next to the market, uh, next to Bitter Honey. So 137, I believe, Bravo Street. Places oh, keep popping. Yeah, yeah but it's it's a funny little. It's quirky. It's it's kind of literally just a venue space that you go into these giant garage doors and it's just like an open area and then you walk through the back and there's literally like a walled-in garden like grass area right next to the train track. So noise is like not an issue for these guys. Oh, and how do we if uh, for Saints and Winos or Mueller? We like how do we get in touch with like the Psychic Garden for Mueller and everything? Mueller? Was, oh, yeah. Um, the Clockman. Do you have a Facebook or anything? Yeah, or? they've all got Facebook pages. They've all got Bandcamp pages. Uh, Bandcamp, you can get uh, download stuff or order physical copies. And if you go to one of their shows, they may pick you out to play guitar. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Just show up with your guitar or your kazoo or your they triangle. Yeah. They've got like 20 members. Yeah. Cowbell. Your job is to hit this. Everybody gets a mask Everybody needs a, cowbell. A, I've, I've seen people run up on stage and start playing it during the show. I have one and I have a stand for it and I keep you have to have oh, cowbell. Have yeah, yes. But we have to talk. Just a drum set full of cowbells. We have to have a word. <laughs> they see the meteor shower is coming now. We better get off this planet and go okay. home. Boom. So it's been very good having all of you here. Thank and we have to have a word us. from our real sponsor. Yeah, our real sponsor. For God's sake, I don't know why I just talked to him the other day. He's still with us. The good people at the Upsitnik and Associates Law Offices from giving you free, leg- or free and good legal advice for from the Supreme Court. All the way to Alaska, everywhere in between. Find them on Facebook. Their website, UpsitniksLaw.com. I'm stumbling over my words because the gravity's kicking up. And so, I like to joke because I will never get the name right. It'll be like Dr. <laughs> Seuss character or something. I did not like that joke. Same no. I am. <laughs> but thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks, yeah, Nikki, thank you Nikki guys. Case. Check them out. Yeah. Find them. Yeah. Find them. Buy their stuff. Listen yeah. to their music. Freak out in the moon and daydreaming. This is there you go. Everybody has a updates. treat now. This is a song from Fox 45's forthcoming album, "Awake in the Dark." Is that right, Vicky? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. And we're out of here. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks.